It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome in the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock here on the Sports Fan. Got a busy week of sports coverage here on WATH and WXTQ this week, and it starts tomorrow with Federal Hawking's regional semi-game against Highland, and it wraps up, hopefully, hopefully, we can hope, Saturday night at the MAC Championships up in Cleveland, and the voice of the Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein, here with me this afternoon, and Russ, you excited to go to Cleveland? Oh, am I excited to go to Cleveland? I mean, what, what kind of a question is that? I'm ready to go. It's a beautiful day here in Southeast Ohio. Just got a great workout in, shoulders and traps. Had to cut it a little short because, you know, had to come here, uh, which I'm happy to do. I just had a post-workout little mini Twix. I'm all hopped up, still on pre-workout drink, and now the Twix, and now live in local radio. Oh, babe, this is, uh, this is good stuff. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, and hopefully... Good luck to Fed Hawk and uh, your call tomorrow night. And then uh, hopefully a whole lot of people play hooky from work. Because you're not working anyway on Thursday. I mean, you're not, you're not probably working on most days anyway. But hopefully we can see you all um, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on Thursday uh, for what should be a, a lot of fun. And, and a good matchup for Ohio against Ball State. And hopefully three games in three days and cutting the nets down. The last time that Ohio cut the nets down, we weren't even there. And so, therefore, uh, from the COVID deal, uh, we broadcasted at the Convo, Rob and I did in 21. So, um, hopefully, everybody could be there to have some fun for what is three wins in three days for a ball club that's played really well here down the stretch. One parallel to that uh, 2021 MAC tournament, Ohio was also the five seed that year. Yeah, that's right. And and Ohio's uh, in these deals here, obviously, 2010 was the battle through getting to overtime and winning at Ball State, and then the run that Armand Bassett, DJ Cooper, Davon Washington, Kenneth Van Kempen, and that, that crew did was really, really amazing. And then the run to knock off Georgetown and lost to Tennessee, um, that, was, that was the battle through. That was really wild and unexpected stuff. Um, in in the the season that Ohio had in 21, they had something that nobody else had, and that was rest coming into the tournament. And so they were fairly fresh, and 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 thankfully through whatever COVID they had with the program. So um, this will be fun. This will be interesting. It's going to be if Ohio gets hot, and if these guards get hot, much like they did uh, in the six-game winning streak, and then you intertwine Dwight Wilson. Um, this could be a whole lot of fun, starting with Ball State and then probably Toledo and then maybe Kent State again. Looking at looking at the Bobcats coming in, obviously they have that six-game win streak, then the bump at Miami, yeah. the rivalry game. So, you know, you don't want to look into it too much, but still, obviously, you want to pick up that win. But, sure, I mean, the Red Hawks shot 60% that day. Um, lost to Kent State, again, very close game. Uh, and then, obviously, in, in with momentum with a huge win over Bowling Green on Friday. Yeah, 7-2 and two in the last nine. Um, the rotations uh, were, were figured out for sure through this. You mentioned about the Miami game. Miami had a, a whole lot going with that game, uh, which was a big part and the reason why they were able to qualify for the MAC tournament. They qualified even with losing uh, at Buffalo on Tuesday night. So they got in, and, and the win over Ohio was important for them. Uh, that was the best crowd we'd seen there in some time. Uh, and so they had a whole lot going into that game, and, and it was tough for Ohio to battle through it. Uh, but you look at the positives of this ball club and the way the roster is constructed, the inside and outside, um, and the defense coming along, particularly in the winning streak. And then, as you mentioned on Friday night, uh, they took Bowling Green out of it early. And uh, unfortunately, and, and this is the nature of the beast, right? This is the nature of college athletics. Michael Huger was let go uh, as BG's head coach. Um, and that was the last game that he coached as a Falcons head coach. So uh, there was a lot going on on that Friday night. Uh, but it was a whole lot of fun to be there. And, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, if Ohio can ride that momentum on up into downtown Cleveland starting on uh, Thursday. Looking at it as a whole, uh, you know, what do you see from the MAC this year? Obviously, you've got 
top teams with Toledo, Kent State, and also Akron's kind of been there, but like some days they're there and other days they aren't. And where do you think everyone stands in the MAC at the moment? I, I think when Kent State is on, they are scary good because they they play with an edge, they play with an inten- uh, intensity um, that makes you think that they could beat anybody in the country. And to be fair, they lost by single digits to Houston. They had Houston on the ropes. They lost by seven to Gonzaga. They lost by single digits to Charleston. I mean, they only let up about, what, 50? It was 49-44 that final against Houston. I mean, they played good defense against the Cougars as well. Right. So you look at what they do, and and the proof of what they've been able to put together during Rob Senderoff's time there, um, the way that their roster's been constructed, it, it, it... kind of feels like it's a rinse and repeat sort of Kent State team. The Kent State team that you saw probably 10 years ago is the same Kent State team you see now. The names have changed, but the game remains. You mentioned Akron, and they're they're a curious case too because there are some days that they just can't get it going. But the inside-outside of uh, Castaneda on the outside and Freeman on the inside, and then Trendon Hankerson and and some others that you throw in there too, Um, and then Toledo. They deserve to be the number one seed because of how they've been able to score. Ray J. Dennis closed with 32 points the other night and beating Ball State on the road to wrap up the regular season title and a and a, and a sole regular season title. Uh, will they have enough gas and juice getting into Cleveland? That's been a problem for them in the last couple of years. So the top three, really good. Um, and then Ohio and what Ohio's been able to do against Ball State. Uh, clearly, Ohio can beat anybody in this league. But the question is, Ohio now... If it's Toledo in round two, and again, you can't look past Ball State, even though Ohio's won 17 in the last 21 against him, and beat them in the regular season and in the tournament last year. How does Ohio now match up against Toledo? Because much like a lot of other games up there uh, in the Glass City, it didn't go well in the regular season. How will that factor in now in Cleveland? And how it will this finally be the year that Toledo has been gets over the hump? I mean, for the last five or six years, they've probably been the best regular season team in the MAC, and yet have they even made a, a conference a con- the final? Lost in the semifinals last year, and that was the game before our game, and fell to Akron, and that was again another one of those games where they just couldn't shoot; they just didn't have the legs to shoot. And so this year, remember they've been playing without Tyler Cochran, Northern Illinois transfer who was hurt and uh, made the decision to, to shut it down in January. So they've been doing all of this without a piece that they thought that they were going to have. And, and he, uh, Cochran, was uh, also a, a Ball State transfer too, uh, so on his third Mac school. And he, I think, will be back next year. But anyway, um, what Toledo's been able to show here is consistency, uh, to score like crazy, and they're Ding better probably than Toledo teams have, have deed in the past. Um, if it's Ohio and, and the Rockets, I think it should be a whole lot of fun in the semifinals. But I'm also curious to see what this Ball State team's about. You know, they've dropped four of the last five, and they come into the tournament losers of the last three. Um, two, obviously, to upper half teams and, and two of the three top teams in Akron and Toledo. Um, but they also lost to Eastern Michigan, too. And so uh, they've got some injuries. Um Peyton Sparks, I, I don't know if he's 100%. Jerron Coleman hasn't played in the last two games. Um, and their rotations have slimmed down a little bit. Do have 20 wins mm-hmm. and, a, and a really good head coach. I think Michael Lewis is an outstanding head coach. Um, and there's going to be a time here where the Cardinals are going to dance again. But, but hopefully it's not this year. I mean, you look at, obviously they're coming in with a three-game win streak. But before that, those three straight losses, they beat Kent State. Yeah. Yeah, they and, and what they've been able to do here, too, is when Ball State's been successful, and again, Sweet 16 team in 1990, their last NCAA tournament was in 2000. We know what basketball is like in Indiana. But for Ball State to be successful, they need Indiana guys, which they have on this team. Peyton Sparks is from Winchester, which is east of Muncie. Michael Lewis is a, an Indiana high school legend and, of course, played for the Hoosiers. So they've got the right combination, and his – Based on what I've seen of his personality, he's got the right sort of personality to fire that that area and fan base up. When Ball State wins, that's a really tough place to play, and their fans get behind them. The, the problem has been they just haven't been able to get over the hump. 
James Whitford was close and a really nice guy as their head coach, uh, but they weren't able to win big games. And last year, Ohio knocked him out. Hopefully, Ohio knocks him out again this year. Uh, but we'll see Ball State in, in the first 10 minutes. I think we're going to figure out what that Ball State team is about in Cleveland in tournament play. Do you think they're going to bring very many people? Obviously, you know, there's a great Bobcat contingency wherever we go. I mean, yeah. you look at Detroit. I mean, that thing was, I think our side was almost just as filled as what was Toledo's was. And Toledo was yeah. about 45 minutes away. Um, do you think that they're going to have that contingency for Muncie? Because that plays into these tournament games, the sure. crowd, flow of the crowd. It is, uh, you factor things in. It is a Thursday for sure. But we're not talking about a long distance here, right? You know, Muncie, get on up to Fort Wayne and then over to Cleveland. It's really a pretty straight shot. If you're going 69 up to Fort Wayne and then you hit uh, the Indiana Turnpike into the Ohio Turnpike. So hopefully there are Ball State fans. I'm all for fan bases traveling all the time. But there is no reason why. And again, if you're working, totally get it. I'm not telling you how you need to spend your money. I get it. I come from a blue-collar family. It's not easy, I know. But there is no reason why this loyal, outstanding Ohio fan base can't just flood to Cleveland on, on a Thursday afternoon. And I'm, I'm calling out Cleveland Bobcats, too. You know, I, my alma mater, Southern Illinois, we, we had a tremendous crowd in St. Louis for two games there at Arch Madness. And I look at, at the crowd of Saluki fans, and I say... That fan base is so similar to the Ohio fan base. We love to have fun, Salukis. Bobcats love to have fun, too. And, and so that's why it's been so fun to be in both of these groups, right? Salukis and Bobcats. So I'm calling out Bobcat fans. If you could get there, get there. It, it's a 1.30-ish tip, so you can have a couple of pops before you get in the arena. And yeah, let's have a good old time. Should be a lot of fun. It should. Look at You talked about the... Uh uh, Salukis and looking a little bit broader, uh, where do you think the max sits yeah. in where the automatic qualifiers are? And I, I don't know if you saw this uh, graphic I saw on Twitter. Uh, CBS put it up during their uh, they put it up during their broadcasts over on Sunday. But they had they they talked about how most of the brackets pretty much filled out. You know, most of the decisions on the at larges right. have been made by about Thursday or Friday, and it's really just plug-and-play on the automatic qualifiers and a few contingency plans depending on who it is. Sure. But where do you think that the MAC will sit on the seed line? Do you think they can get up to a 12 or a 13 with Kent State, or yeah. will they end up closer down to a 14 or 15? No, I, I think if it's, if it's Kent State or Toledo, I think based on the numbers and the metrics, uh, you're looking at 11 through 13. But again, that depends on, on where everything's at. Um, I think there, there needs to be, if it's Toledo, there needs to be um, a little bit of favor to the fact that they won the regular season and they won the conference tournament if that does happen. Kent State's numbers are the best in the league. Their net ranking is the best in the league and all the other matrix as well. Um, but bottom line, and to further you know, step through your question, the MAC needs to get to a point here where you have – um, multi-bids in for the first time since 1999. Um, you have to win non-conference games. And as a broader point, right, you talk about how you're scheduling to get those at large potentially. If, if the big boys are not going to play you, then you've got to play the best of the other leagues that are similar to ours. There's no reason why there can't be. And Ohio did this. You know, yeah. playing Belmont was important. Ohio's played you and I in the past. Um, getting in these exempt tournaments, if you can, get in tournaments that have mids of the higher leagues, um, and then play each other if you can. You know, in our footprint, I I'm glad that Ohio played Youngstown State, and you knew it at the time that Youngstown had some stuff to them, and it and they'll play tonight. Yeah, in, they got in their tournament semifinal of the Horizon League tonight. Yep, they got NKU tonight. Cleveland State as well. Yeah, and 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 so Ohio's played. You know, both those teams, those are great games to play. And and hopefully the Horizon League will get back to, to where they were. Um, it's going to be tough based on the restructuring of the conference and all. But again, you want to be a fan of a league 
and if you love the league, you want as many teams in the tournament as you can. And if Kent State got one or two of those games, they would be an at-large team. But the unfortunate thing is they didn't, and so they're not. I mean, there was talk. Of, I mean, I remember we were sitting here talking about Kent State possibly, you know, being an at-large team even without that. They still had the good net rankings, and then they, you know, it's a gauntlet in the MAC. You know, sure. it's a gauntlet in the conference schedule. They lost at NIU, and after that, you know, you really just sat there and went, "Yeah, nope, uh, no at-large MAC teams this year." Yeah, playing at Northern's different, um, and I'm coming from obviously going to games there growing up there going and and seeing the old field house and the new arena now which isn't all that new anymore but it's just a different sort of atmosphere there the lighting's different the sounds a little different the shooting backgrounds a little different not all the seats are always pulled out um i remember going to games at the old field house where there were 4500 5000 6000 and it was it was deafening it's just not that way anymore and so kent state a lot of it, I'm sure, had to do with the way that Northern played. No doubt. They, they played, they were salty in league play. Uh, but I would guess that Kent State was not inspired by the atmosphere. And that probably helped Northern in a lot of sense. Because the Huskies have gotten Akron and Buffalo there before. That win that, that Ohio had, that was an impressive win going up there. And that was, that was a first road win in league play. So, you know, I, there are a lot of good things to point to here about what Ohio's doing. And hopefully, um, Ohio or Kent or Toledo or any of these teams can have an at-large worthy sort of resume in the future. We'll see about that. Looking at who, who would you give for a prediction uh, for the bottom half of the bracket? Obviously, we'll hope Ohio makes it to the final, yeah. but who do you think makes it out of the bottom part of the bracket? Does Kent State win? I mean, they got to play Northern Illinois right out of the gate. Uh, you know, that's a Husky team that beat them earlier in the year, as we just yeah. talked about. Or does Akron or Buffalo get a victory and then knock off the Golden Flashes? What do you think happens on the bottom part of that bracket? I think that Buffalo's ceiling is probably higher than that of Northern's ceiling, just based on the, the talent that they have. But they, they just haven't put it all the way together. Rob Cornelius and I were talking about this on the air and off the air, that Buffalo has been the team this year that you were waiting for them to, to, to put the pieces together. And they just haven't been able to do it. The, the win over Northern, um, or rather over Miami in the, the regular season finale, maybe that gives them a little push going into conference tournament play. NIU just plays really hard. And, and they've done it without their top player. Uh, Keyshawn Williams, Tulsa transfer, South Burb, a Chicago native. Um, he's been gone for all but, what, two games of league play. So give credit to what Rashawn Burno's been able to do. You know, they were picked down near the bottom of the league and yeah. to be able to qualify is impressive and, and to get the six i think is impressive so can they muddy up the waters a little bit they deep pretty well they they make it choppy and will they make it hard on kent state i think they can um buffalo what can buffalo do here can they hit some shots can can they they run some pace uh i think that'll be interesting miami against toledo a lot of times you have that first-round malaise of the top seed. Um, will that be there for the Rockets? I don't know. I, I'm going to be there for every minute of that game, uh, obviously, because we're going to set up and do all that. But um, I encourage fans to come out for that, too. And, and this is a, a disclaimer as well. It's a rolling clock from 11 o'clock on. So we have a good idea of when Ohio's game is going to be. But last year we had the last game, and it was just kind of trying to figure out when it was going to be. Um, but get there for the 11 tip and um, have some fun and then then certainly see how, how Ohio plays out against Ball State. And finally, you know, any, any, any food recommendations up in Cleveland sure. for, uh, for anyone who's traveling up there? I, I, I'm very partial to uh, Barrio, which is literally a block away from the arena. I, I think Rob and I went there like four or five straight days once. Because the tacos are great. Yeah. Um, you, you can get plenty of them. It's not all that expensive. Um, the bar is good. They pour a good drink. That's fun. If you're of legal age, I am not encouraging underage imbibing here, right? Um, but it's a good atmosphere. It's real close. And you could roll on to the arena from there. So that's what I would recommend. But I, but I highly recommend um, 
if you're looking for the, the headquarters, uh, Harry Buffalo is right there by uh, the arena. And so uh, we'll, we'll be over there, I'm sure, too. And, and all that's presented by Labatt and uh, Matt Moldy and Nathan Green from, from Ohio Sports Properties. Uh, they've got it all set up there. I know the Bobcat Club's going to be there, too. Uh, so those are the two spots that I'd, I'd recommend. And just bounce around. There, there are a whole lot of spots there, too. But I, I strongly encourage fans to hit up the Harry Buffalo two hours before tip. And so uh, that 11 o'clock time right around then for the first game and uh, pre and post game headquarters for the Bobcats and then you could bounce to some other places Barrio and others too and so get up there enjoy it it's it's not all that common throughout the course of the year that you could see as many games as you're going to see uh, my parents saw 13 games in six days uh, just concluded yesterday uh, so if they could do it y'all could do it too hopefully and uh, yeah paint it all green and white for what should be a whole lot of fun in Cleveland Absolutely. Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats. Thanks for coming in, Russ. When we come back, we'll talk about some other mid-major basketball. There's some really good games on. We talked about the Horizon League. Also, the SoCon final. We'll talk about that here as we roll on the sports fan here on WATH. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. Do you get it? Yes. Good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Tune in Tuesday night for regional semifinal basketball on Power 105. Fresh off their first district title since 1970, Federal Hawking looked to make the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. But to do that, the Lancers must get past the East District champion, Highland Hawks. Coverage from the combo will start around 540 Tuesday night with Carl Blaylock and Troy Bowling. On your home for Athens County Boys Basketball Tournament coverage, Power 105. Getting the right health care for the right problem can save you time and stress. That's why Ohio Health offers three types of care options right here in Southeast Ohio. Call your primary care provider when you're sick or when you need to manage your long-term health. Visit urgent care when you can't get in with your doctor and go to the ER for severe life-threatening situations. Find out which Ohio Health location is your best choice at ohiohealth.com slash right care. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. We'll get to the uh, college basketball here in a second, but my goodness. NFL free agency already starting off hot. Two quarterbacks already being signed today. Uh, one already being a free agent after being cut. That being Derek Carr. He signed a four-year, $100 million guaranteed. That's $25 million a year guaranteed per year on the contract with the New Orleans Saints to Derek Carr, which I like the signing for the Saints except for the amount of money. The amount of guaranteed money is too much there. I, I love Derek Carr. I was kind of hoping the Colts were going to get him. But at that price, no. And to show how bad the quarterback market has gotten, uh, here it goes again. Uh, this just happened about five, six minutes ago, breaking. Geno Smith and the Seahawks are finalizing a three-year, $105 million contract extension, according to ESPN and multiple reports. Uh, I, I mean, mm, mm, it just, I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that more in the show, but let's start with let, let's let's talk more about college basketball. Obviously, the MAC tournament up in Cleveland uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But there's some good there's some good games on tonight. I know I have my viewing schedule, and I already tweeted this out. I have my viewing schedule for the night. I've got it all planned out. It's going to have a, a bunch of, of uh, jumping around on the. Uh, I'm going to have to keep the controller ready. But, I mean, you start out, uh, you know, if you really want to start out with uh, CBS Sports Network at 6 p.m., the CAA, the CAA semifinal. UNC Wilmington and Hofstra should be a very, very good game there. 
Uh, that's a semifinal. Then flip over to ESPN. You got UChat and Furman. UChat's a seven seed. Uh, they've made it to the championship round, though. They're playing Furman. UChat upset Furman last year in that uh, on a buzzer beater. That's going to be interesting to watch. You also have the uh, Sun Belt, the Fun Belt uh, championship tonight. South Alabama and Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Then uh, that's both at 7 p.m. I, I will probably be focused more on the Chattanooga-Furman game, but I might, I might second screen it and throw on South Alabama and Louisiana. Then Townsend and Charleston. Uh, Charleston, even though they might be in as a, you know, a lot of people sitting there thinking they're an at-large bid, and they, they deservedly should be in the conversation for that, but they're not the one seed. Hofstra's the one seed in the CAA. Uh, I, I can't think of one time we've seen a two-bid CAA, not certainly in the lifetime that I remember. You know, I'm only like 20-ish, so like... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that I remember all the way back in 2007, 2008. But that's still a pretty. Uh, that's still a pretty interesting. Uh, interesting to see what happens in the CAA. Townsend Charleston. That should be a very good game. That starts at 8:30, around 8:30 on CBS Sports Network. Nine o'clock on ESPN. BYU and St. Mary's. That should be a good one. ESPN two also has a good one uh, with Cleveland State and Milwaukee. That should be a very, very good game. I, I am intrigued on that one because, uh, obviously, Cleveland State's very good. Really, the entire Horizon League, I mean, the last few years, they've been very entertaining to watch, and uh, I think that's going to continue again. That's in Indianapolis, and that the Cleveland State game's on ESPN, too. If you want to catch the first game on ESPNU, uh, Northern Kentucky at Youngstown State. Uh, there's a few interesting games. The Summit League. Uh, North Dakota State and South Dakota State. That's a big rivalry. That's on ESPN Plus at 9.30. And then the nightcap to cap it all off at about 11.30 from Las Vegas. San Francisco and Gonzaga. Uh, BYU and St. Mary's also play in that West Coast Conference. And it should be interesting to see how both these teams play. Uh, BYU, uh, they've they've looked pretty good this year. Uh, they've, They've had their moments. And... You know, obviously, you want to be able to beat the number one seed. I mean, this would be huge. If BYU beats St. Mary's, they have an outside chance of making... I mean, they have, they have an outside chance of making the uh, tournament as an at-large. But, I mean, looking at their previous matchup, it was close. I mean, St. Mary's nearly lost at BYU 57-56. And the other one was close as well. It was a, a 71-65 victory. Uh, obviously, BYU having to go a little bit of the gauntlet, which that's one of the things I love. I love how they how, how the West Coast Conference, and there's a few other conferences that do it, they have a gauntlet-style conference tournament. And I think that's a great way to balance it because I, don't, I understand you want to protect your top teams from getting eliminated. You want the best team in your conference to make the big dance. And the MAC has that you know, with the top eight making it. But I, I, I wish... I, I really prefer to have it to where everyone has an opportunity. And it used to be that way for the MAC, and uh, they moved away with that with COVID, and that looks like a change that will be here to stay. But I, I love how with BYU, so they, they uh, start out in the tournament. You know, they start out in the tournament, and uh, they are, I believe, the sixth seed. So they start out, they have to play Portland. They beat Portland. They beat Loyola Marymount. And, well, now they're on to St. Mary's. I love the gauntlet style because it's the perfect balance of protecting the teams, protecting, you know, your your top seeds, and still giving everybody a chance. And I, I wish more conferences would go to gauntlet styles like that. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit rough to schedule um, at points, but it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch, and it gives everybody an opportunity. Um, you know, sometimes there's some teams that you know don't deserve to be in the tournament. But I mean, look at Oregon State. Look at Oregon State a few years ago in the Pac-12. They came out of nowhere. They run the table. They win the conference. They end up in the Sweet 16. I mean, 
I you gotta you gotta give them a shot. I think I think you gotta give everybody a shot in the conference, and obviously not everybody is going to go on the miracle run that Oregon State did. But I, I think I I would enjoy seeing you know these lower seeds be given a chance against you know some of the middle seeds. So I mean, picture it for for the MAC. Let let's say picture what that would look like for the MAC if you have a gauntlet style. Um, you would throw all 12 teams. You have, uh, let's say you have 11 and 12 and 9 and 10 play against each other. Then you have the 3 and 6 and 4 and 5 games as per normal. But you have, well, let's see. I'm trying to think this out live on air uh, using the math part of my brain, which uh, hardly exists anymore. But thinking about i mean you i feel like you could pretty easily find your way to make a gauntlet i mean you have the nine and ten the five and six play each you know the nine and ten and the eleven and twelve play against each other um the eleven and twelve plays against the eight the nine and ten plays against the seven you know you have those for the on-campus games and then you run with the uh, and then you run with the full tournament again you run with the 18 tournament you already have it gives everybody an opportunity you get some on-campus games uh, as well. You know, you get a little bit of on-campus games. You got a game on like you throw the games on like uh, Monday, and or you throw the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Then you have them go up to Cleveland. I mean, for mo- most of these schools, you know, most everybody's within about. I think the farthest drive away from Cleveland would maybe be maybe Northern Illinois, and you know that's just right down the turnpike. That's that's only about a four-hour drive at most. I, 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 you can make the drives between most of these schools pretty easily. I, I say, why don't, why don't you try the gauntlet? Give everybody a chance. Uh, but anyways, we'll uh, get back to we'll get back to focusing on the games tonight. But I mean, there there are some very very good ones tonight. Even outside the top twenty-five, obviously the two top twenty-five games, but. You got a few finals. Uh, you've got a few that's already tipped off, actually. That UNC Wilmington Hofstra game is already tipped off. Hofstra's leading 35-26. Uh, oh, the Southland tournament, McNessie and Nichols State. That's 28-24 at the moment. McNessie leads. Uh, I mean, there's just, you know, the Summit League has been interesting because Oral Roberts, at some points, you can almost think that Oral Roberts could be an at-large bid. Uh, but they've just been so dominant in the Summit League this year. Obviously, uh, having a few uh, having a few players back from that Sweet 16 team in 2021. Uh, Northern Kentucky, Youngstown State's a good one. Idaho State and uh, Montana. That that seems a bit of intriguing. I, I caught a little bit of Idaho State uh, earlier in the year, flipping through the channels. So and there's some really really good games tonight. And it's it's definitely worth something to watch. And I mean, it, it's it's intriguing. I really enjoy this time of year. It's the best time of the year, and it's even going to be better on Thursday. I mean, heck, Thursday. I I, I might just uh, let's see what the weather's like. If the weather's good. I'm just going to sit up on my porch and watch. Uh, just going to sit up on my porch and watch things all all day. Just watch watch the basketball on the TV. And why not? Uh, of course, if it's nice, and now oh, here comes the weather app telling me 51 degrees and cloudy. Not incredible, but not terrible. I mean, it could be much, much worse. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see whether that actually uh, happens. But definitely keep an eye out for a lot of very, very good basketball games tonight. We'll probably circle back to one of these uh, for the Surefire Hot Pig segment in a bit but for now we got to talk about how the uh, quarterback market is weird in the NFL at the moment and all the cuts is free agency is just about a week and a half away we'll talk about it when we return on the sports fan presented by JNK contracting hi everybody I'm Jack Hanna since I was a boy I've been fascinated with animals especially their tireless work ethic just look at birds who gather supplies to build nests or penguins who travel up to 500 miles to secure food for their families. This work ethic is shared by our best friends, canines who perform life-saving work every day. Dogs comfort returning veterans. They work with diabetics, alerting them when there's a change in their blood chemistry. 
Working dogs are valuable in many ways. So please join me and American Humane in supporting our heroic working dogs. Go to AmericanHumane.org to learn more. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Where do you go when you need home or auto insurance? Matthews Insurance Agency at 240 Columbus Road is a friendly, reliable, and locally owned insurance agency celebrating our 75th year in business in the Athens community. We have partnered with outstanding companies like Ohio Mutual Insurance to provide you with great coverages and rates. Give us a call at 740-593-5573 or Google us, Matthews Insurance. Friendly, reliable, local. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. It's been a busy day in the NFL. We already talked about the two quarterbacks. We'll circle back to that as well. But uh, there's been just a lot of transactions on the transaction wire. The combine was this weekend, and obviously I watched the quarterbacks very closely. Um, I'm intrigued to see what the Colts do. Uh, obviously, you know, you always want your team to make a good decision. And I'm, well, I don't know if I trust Jim Irsay sometimes to make a good decision, but ah. I don't know. I mean, it it uh, it's going to take a lot. The Bears said they want about three first-round picks for that. And, you know, part of that is trying to get the best offer possible. You're going to highball it. But, nah, that pick's not worth that, especially to move up three spots. But here's the thing. I, I think right now, as it stands, the Colts are fine where they're at because if the Bears stay, they probably take Will Anderson, Jr., uh, the Texans pick whoever, whatever quarterback they want, either Stroud or um, I, I, either Stroud or Young, one of the two. Cardinals they pick best player available. Colts get their quarterback, hopefully either whichever whichever Stroud and Young that uh, the Texans don't choose. What scares me is how much, you know, obviously you knew that Anthony Richardson was going to uh, do what he did at the Combine. Same with Will Levis. I, I just, I don't trust either of them. I don't think they're that good. I, I don't think they translate. They're going to need a lot of work. They're big project quarterbacks, and I don't think the Colts have a situation at the moment to handle big project quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Colts do move up. Do they move up? Do they not? What happens there? And uh, it, it, it's 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 been a day to where you uh, a lot of franchise tagging going on. Uh, let's look at the NFL transactions, uh, franchise tags for running backs. Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. The Raiders put a franchise chat tag on Josh Jacobs. Eric Kendricks was released by the Vikings. Uh, the Saints signed Derek Carr. Uh, Rodney Hudson and Robbie Anderson, a.k.a. Chosen Anderson. Well, Chosen Anderson is no longer chosen. The Cardinals cut him today. And uh, franchise tag for the Jaguars on Evan Ingram. Yep, Evan Ingram. He's got hands now, and he's actually been half decent. Uh, also, Calvin Ridley has been reinstated. And the Ravens say talks with Lamar will go to the deadline, and that's going to be interesting. Uh, Frank Clark also got cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the NFL. I mean, they can never not be the uh, hot topic. I mean, we could probably. I mean, they, they maybe rest like for a month and a half maybe in between the draft and training camp is maybe the only time they're not in the news cycle. But, I mean, look at last year. They managed to still be in the news cycle with some big trades and uh, – I mean, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I'm intrigued to see where Lamar Jackson goes. Obviously, the Saints were never really an option because of the cap, but he, you know, what was more interesting is the fact that the Jets really turned down Derek Carr. Carr wanted to go to the Jets, and they went, no, no, no. Uh, so that means the Jets are either dead set on Aaron Rodgers, 
or they're dead set on Lamar Jackson. I, I think Lamar Jackson might be the better fit for the Jets than Aaron Rodgers. He's younger, but even then, I, I just... I don't know. I, I, I don't know why the Jets would deny Derek Carr, albeit if he wanted a hundred million you know, if he wanted a hundred million dollars guaranteed over four years, I can understand that a little bit more. But it's intriguing nonetheless. I don't know where Lamar goes. Does he go to the NFC South? Does Lamar go to Tampa Bay? And I mean there's even rumors that, you know, Tom Brady is in fact not done again. And he is just being a more annoying version of Brett Favre. You know, he's 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 still not sold on being done, and perhaps he still might go to Miami, which would not be poetic justice in the slightest. I mean, you look you look at what Miami got in trouble with last year, uh, and you would think that okay, yeah, no, we're not going to go after him anymore. No, they're still going to try to go after him. Now, where, I don't know. I mean, obviously, and there's just, there's so many, like, quarterbacks that are being paid so much money. Look at Daniel Jones. He wants $45 million for his contract. Daniel Jones is not worth $45 million. Now, now I, I and here's the thing. I, I, the guaranteed contracts, they're going to become more and more likely and you know it's good that they're getting paid but there's some times where you have to sit there and you go do these players really deserve this much with Derek Carr he's 32 do you really want to be paying a 36 year old Derek Carr 25 million dollars guaranteed to play for your team I mean I love like I said I love Derek Carr but I don't know if he's that good for that long and especially with you know obviously the you don't know I mean Andy Dalton didn't look incredible last year and he's coming off of a kind of rough season which you don't know if that's because he's actually declining or is it because he got stuck with Josh McDaniels as his head coach not saying that Dennis Allen's any better on the Saints but I mean yeah you know it, it Josh 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 McDaniels is not good Colts dodged a bullet when he decided to not coach him. But I, I just I don't see where the market goes. And it's, it's, it's the same thing with Daniel Jones. I don't think that Daniel Jones is worth anything like $30 million a year, and that's not guaranteed. $30 million a year is the most that I would go with him. I would not give him any more than I would not give him any more than about million guaranteed a year. He can earn more, but I think he still needs a proven contract because he showed a little bit of promise, but can he show that sustained for multiple years? And I don't know if he can, and I don't think, because really what you have to do is you have to sit there, if you're in the front office of these NFL teams, you have to sit there and you have to ask yourself, do you think that the quarterback I have right now can win me a Super Bowl? Because obviously, you know, you can have defenses that get you however far. But look at the 49ers, for example. You have to have a quarterback. You can have as much defense as you want. You have to have a quarterback that can take you to the Super Bowl, that can clutch up. This isn't this isn't this isn't the same NFL that you could have Kerry Collins somehow start a Super Bowl. If you are going to make a Super Bowl, you have to have a competent quarterback. There aren't going to be any more Rex Grossman's making the the, the uh, Super Bowl anymore. The closest thing you might see to a head scratching name make the Super Bowl in about the next 10, 15 years is probably going to be Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo. Outside of that, everyone who's been there, they're good at least for that year. You have to ask yourself, can Daniel Jones get to that level? And I don't think he can. He's a good quarterback. He'll get you to the divisional round, maybe. If he can keep how he plays right now, he can. But does he get you to the Super Bowl? And I don't think he does. And I think there's maybe about eight or nine quarterbacks out there that can and if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, he can be one of those. Maybe the Giants go after him. I'm, I think they have a cap space for it. 
I mean, Daniel Jones is kind of Walmart brand Lamar in some in some respects. Why not go after the real thing? I will see we'll see how it plays out. And obviously, when free agency starts, it will be a bonanza of who goes where. And especially if the Ravens cannot re-sign Lamar Jackson, it it's going to open a humongous can of worms. It'll be interesting to see. He'll probably be the biggest quarterback free agent in. Uh, well, probably since uh, I I can't think of one uh, off the top of my head. Maybe Philip Rivers, but I mean, even with Rivers, I mean, he was in the twilight of his career. I mean, you have a possible young burgeoning star that you might just let walk in free agency, and I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyways, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit, preview a little bit of the Federal Hawking Highland game. As that is tomorrow, how about I tell you about it, recording-wise. Here's you're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Tune in Tuesday night for regional semifinal basketball on Power 105. Fresh off their first district title since 1970, Federal Hawking looked to make the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. But to do that, the Lancers must get past the East District champion, Highland Hawks. Coverage from the combo will start around 5.40 Tuesday night with Carl Blaylock and Troy Bowen on your home for Athens County Boys Basketball Tournament coverage, Power 105. As a parent, you know you can't prevent every accident. Play it safe with the right equipment. Add a mouth guard to your child's sports or recreational equipment list to help prevent the impact of a painful and costly facial injury. Mouth guard should be fitted so it does not misalign the jaw. Lightweight, strong, easy to clean, properly sized, covering the upper and lower teeth and gums. If your child does sustain a facial injury, seek an evaluation from an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. OMSs are experts in handling injuries to the face, mouth, and jaws. Learn more at myoms.org. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. This is The Sports Fan. Only about five more minutes left with me in the WATH studio. 970 AM, 97.3 FM now. Uh, Nice to jump over a dial. Gives us a little bit more space. It's a bit roomier over here. On uh, 97.3 than it was on 97.1, so always nice to expand the reach. I know I uh, I was driving up to Meadowbrook to scout out the Highland Hawks, and uh, I mean you get it all the way almost to seven now. It's uh, out on uh, 50 East uh, towards Parkersburg, so definitely expanded the coverage. I mean, <laughs> on uh, with 97.1, we, well we couldn't get it much past Eight Street, so awesome to have that expanded coverage and talking about Highland it's going to be a very interesting game tomorrow for federal hawking I got to talk with both coaches this morning and preparation for the game and it's really just one of those situations where you have federal hawking who they are the real deal and I, I let me say that I think that they have the better team in this game but Highland has the heart. I mean, this is a team that it's it's not the same Highland team you expect. This isn't the same this isn't the same buildup of a Highland team that say beat Tremble in 2021. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They're still good. But it's not quite the same. It, it's 
they're youthful. They really only have about one or two players that played last year in the convo, and that's something that's really going to help federal hockey. They're going to be used to uh, playing in the convo, but it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what the Lancers can do. Uh, Highland, they look, to, they look to struggle against the press, uh, and obviously federal hockey is one of the best presses in the area. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Highland can handle that, but they, Highland can also shoot the three. So it's if they get it up in the front court, I think Highland has a little bit of an advantage in the half court. But they've got to get it across the timeline first. And that's something they struggled with a lot against River, especially late in that game. They blew about a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. So it's really going to come down to turnovers and if federal hockey can force a lot of them. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on tomorrow night. That'll be over on WXTQ. Coverage will start around 540 for that one as Federal Hocking and Highland. 535-540. It might be a little bit closer to 535. Depends on how long those interviews are and when they start the clock in the Convocation Center. Uh, I think I've got about 10, 10 or 11 minutes of interviews for you between the two coaches for the pregame show. And obviously then we'll break it down as well on site, getting ready for that one with me and Troy Bolin. Uh, also over here on the Sports Fan tomorrow and in whenever, if you have any podcasting service, definitely look up the Sports or Sports Fan on 970 WATH. You can listen to this episode, any episode of the Sports Fan on the podcasting service. And tomorrow, you're going to want to listen to WXTQ for the uh, for the federal hockey game, and then after the game. Up on Spotify, podcasts on Apple, whatever you want to choose. And uh, listen to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH in podcast form as we're going to have on the show tomorrow the OHSAA's, uh, I forget his exact title, uh, but a high up in the OHSAA softball. Let me look and make sure I title him right. Jerry Fick is going to come on uh, on to the program with Cedric Granger. Uh, he's a softball interpreter. Uh, as so, mm. let me make sure here. But yeah, no, Jerry Fick is the uh, director of officiating for softball, uh, officiating development for softball for the OHSA. So definitely great to have him on. He'll come on talk about some points of emphasis for softball this year, as well as you know just. What uh, what rule changes have happened, and just the whole state of officiating for the sport of softball. Before we go, it's time to give my surefire hot pick. Nine thirty o'clock on ESPN two. Nine thirty o'clock. My goodness, Carl. Nine thirty o'clock. Anyways, the Vikings of Cleveland State they play Milwaukee. They're favored minus two and a half. Give me the bikes. That'll wrap up the sports fan for today. Thanks for Russ Eisenstein coming on. I'm Carl Blaylock telling you to keep it locked on W-A-T-H.